to make a long story short, we, <laughs> we picked this fruit. It was not ready to be plucked or eaten. And we opened it up, took a, took a bite out of it, and everything in my mouth, all the saliva escaped from my mouth. And I felt like I was choking. I'm still trying to get my brain wrapped around the fact that you went up to a random tree <laughs> and just said, oh, there's fruit on this. Let we me try it. We were in a park area where people were running and we thought, ah, oh, it's fruit on a tree. <laughs> Who's going to have poisonous fruit in the, on a tree in the park? How you brewing? It's time to get ground to earth. I'm David. And I'm Josiah. And we're back for another round of unpretentious coffee talk. Yes. Today, we're going to be talking about how coffee can taste like chamomile, clove, and mango all at the same time. Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about flavor notes, tasting notes, where they come from, how to find them for yourself, and how to decode what's on the back. Uh, I'm excited about that because that's one of my favorite parts about specialty coffee is all the interesting flavors. So that brings us to our very favorite and only consistent segment on this show to date. Josiah, what's in the cup? This is our segment where David, every single episode, is going to take a stab at tasting at least one of the flavor notes listed on this bag of coffee. And listen, I'm one for one so far. So I'm feeling pretty good. So that means I'm setting myself up for a failure. (laughs) You have an opportunity to walk away with this 12-ounce bag from Eats the Coffee. I would like that. Local coffee roasters, also local coffee importers. Some really incredible people and some amazing coffee today from Papua New Guinea. All right, I'm ready to taste it. Let's go. Oh, man. I didn't even swallow it before I had my reaction. Wow. Would that be what you'd refer to as full-bodied? Is it, oh, wait, hold on. Are the, are the notes all... Can I ask this? Are the notes Go ahead all food-related or are there some descriptors? All of these are f- related to what you consume. Consume, okay. So there's no descriptions like full body. Okay. Not, not to jump ahead not on the segment of the show. Not or mouthfeel or exactly. Okay. So not mouthfeel, just- Yes. Okay. This is a, a step a little bit deeper from our last episode with cherries, blueberries, dark chocolate. Oh, man. What are you tasting? Oh, man, what is- I'm going to say, what is that? Like, I'll give I know. you a hint. There's something <laughs> in there that's familiar to you. Oh, gosh. Very familiar to you. Give us your first guess. First of three flavor notes. There's three on the back. I'm going to go just because it, it's, I think I guessed this last time. Maybe I did or didn't. I'm going to say Graham. Okay. You looked surprised, so that means it's not on the bag. Right. <laughs> I don't know when I should tell you you're wrong, like right now or later? No, later. Okay. So I know I'm wrong. But... 
It's difficult for everybody. Everybody has their own taste buds, their own taste experience. So I feel like I have wrong. to like guess. Is it like on a test on a multiple choice quiz where you, if you don't know, you just guess C straight down the line and then eventually you'll hit a right answer? Are you saying you want to guess chocolate again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it feels safe. It feels nice. Um, all right. No, hold on. You said very familiar to me. That's what's messing with me. Yeah. I'm going to go chocolate again. All right. On to your final flavor note. We've got graham. We've got chocolate. What's the last one you taste? I'm going to go lemon. Okay. All right. And that brings us to the reveal. All right. We've got our bag. We've got flavor notes oh, on the leave, bag. Leave we're going to talk right a little there. bit leave more right. about, yes. you know, what, what that means today. But today. Let me see what we got. I wish I could just show you one at a time. You can. Maybe you can do a maybe, slow maybe reveal. Maybe I can do a little slow reveal. Oh, man. You're so much. Fr- We've got raspberries. Yeah. I mean, power of suggestion, but yeah. I, I, right? Mm-hmm. I was gonna guess. I was gonna guess orange. Give me that. Give me that. Tangerine, actually. Oh, is it? Ta- oh, it's tangerine. Mm. Yes, but what, there's a difference what, in flavor. What is that? What is that? That's green tea. No. Something very familiar to you. <sighs> David offers me tea almost every single time I come over to his house. And that, listen. This is unpretentious coffee talk, so tea is an acceptable um, pairing partner. Right. Well, uh, you get to keep the bag, my friend. And I'm very know, excited about this. I, just so people know, he was actually kind of rooting for me because after he smelt this coffee, he was declaring that he really wanted to take this home. It smells unbelievable. So, <laughs> Wow, that was good. That was tasty. Josiah, one of the things I love about coffee is all the different flavors that you can taste uh, when you're sipping on a cup of coffee. I mean, one roast, I can feel like I'm tasting pears, and in another roast, I can feel like I'm tasting roses. Uh, how, how is this possible? What's going on? Yeah, so we know that there are flavors listed on many of the bags of coffee that you'll see when it comes to specialty coffee. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about specialty coffee here, we're really just talking about people who spe- who pay special attention to the coffee process. Um, and these flavor notes that are listed on the bags are really, they're there to help set people's expectations for what flavors they could find when they drink the coffee. And it's not just power of suggestion, right? Like they want you to taste this. They spend time yeah they spend time learning about it uh and this most of the time this comes from the roasters they they sit and they taste they cup these coffees looking for what they're experiencing and, and what is cupping cupping is when you sit with a coffee that normally has been not too far removed from it the roasting process okay. and you grind those beans you put them in a cup and then you totally immerse them in water and there's this process of time where you take brief sips. You break apart the coffee that has floated to the top of the, the top surface layer, and you take sips of that coffee fully immersed in water to discern what you get from the coffee 
um, at certain stages of concentration, extraction, and they figure out what they get from the coffee in the full experience. And some people will ask when it comes to these flavor notes that they're seeing on the bags, is my coffee flavored? Like, is it, okay. is it coated in raspberries? Does it have vanilla or chocolate literally on the coffee? And there are coffees that do that, right? There, yeah, there are definitely places that are, are putting stuff on coffee beans, but when you're brewing coffee to drink, especially in specialty coffee, we're not trying to tamper with what's natural. Okay. So there isn't a coffee or there isn't a flavor added to the coffee. These are all natural expressions that come okay. from the character of the coffee because this coffee was planted. Uh, but there are flavors that come from every single part of the process, where the coffee was planted, how the coffee was cultivated, okay. harvested, um, processed, roasted, so, and, and even brewed. So does the level of the roast also influence the the tasting of the notes because I know uh, when I've had a cup of coffee before and I want to like taste a strong cup of coffee and I associated strong with like flavor but really I was thinking strong so I wanted dark roasts but that's not really what we're talking about here then yeah no I, I mean yes every single part of the process has influences on the compounds that make up coffee mm-hmm. and what's really Interesting and unique about a cup of coffee is it's one of the most chemically complex drinks, liquids, fluids that you'll consume as a person. There's thousands in your cup of coffee, which give us the opportunity to taste a large and wide range of flavors. And really, people that are consuming coffee and tasting what they taste, they're not wrong. And that's why we're going to dive into tips on how to find these flavors um, because everybody has the ability to taste what's in this cup. And although you may not have tasted tangerines or green tea, I have made coffees before that tasted just like blueberries okay, um, or just like tastes that I would have never expected. When I tell somebody I've had coffee that tastes tea-like, it blows their minds. Yeah. But it's because there's so much opportunity to taste within all of these chemical compounds, every stage of the process of coffee. And I'm tasting these raspberries now. There you go. There you go. All right. So how can I get better at my tasting notes? Give me some tips. That's a great question. Uh, The very first thing that I think of is practice your tasting. We all taste things on a regular basis, but when we are deliberate, intentional, thoughtful about what we're consuming, the way things taste on our tongue, it expands and broadens our palate and gives us an opportunity to increase our vocabulary for how we would describe our coffee. And you can do this when you're eating lunch, when you go to the supermarket and you see something maybe that looks unfamiliar to you, yeah. and then you dive into uh, a new experience. And Just like that green tea earlier, like even though I knew what green tea tastes like I in mean, a bag, I mean... I- had you ever just put straight up green tea? <laughs> I haven't, but before? I did now. And now maybe you'll be able to say, this tastes like what actual green tea just tastes like when you put it on your tongue. That's Maybe that's the goal. <laughs> maybe not. Um, <laughs> but yeah. but th- th- that's like the very first thing that you do is just is, is taste, be deliberate about what you're tasting and 
try to expand what you're able to describe. Yep. Uh, my second piece of advice would just be drink more coffee, which I can do that. Which, which for people that are really into coffee, that isn't an issue, but drink coffees from all over the world. The fact that we had coffee from Papua New Guinea today. If you talk to somebody who is having coffee off the shelf, they're probably not going to talk about coffee from Papua New Guinea. Um, but there are very unique varieties of coffee that have similar tastes that may be in other different parts of the world that give off a similar taste. But then at the same time, you can have a coffee from Colombia and a coffee from Ethiopia that tastes like polar opposites of the spectrum, but give you the chance to know that coffee uh, isn't always a synonymous or equivalent experience. Now, you, you mentioned region, but if I'm having a coffee from Colombia, is it always going to, are all coffees from Colombia going to kind of taste similar or no? Not always. Okay. No, because of the the origin, the species, um, the variety of that coffee, the varietal really, Okay. Um, they, they can have a totally different taste. Okay. But then you also have to think elevation plays a role into the taste of your coffee. Um, the way when we talk about cultivation, what? like how they're actually growing these crops when they're plucking the coffee cherry, okay. how ripe that is, whether or not the process has some of the fruit or the mucilage still on the bean. Mus or, mucilage. Or, <laughs> right? That's you, you get credit for word of the day, man. That's one to write down. <laughs> um, or whether it's washed and it's completely taken off and it's dried. Um, or it's in it was something that we're seeing that's sort of newer anaerobic processed coffee that is stored in an air uh, airless container. It's not the right word for it, but um, th these are producing new flavors. And when you try that in a cup of coffee form, you're able to experience something new. And again give you the opportunity to discern differences. I know I've seen that a couple of times with like sun-dried. Right. Uh, and I've really just liked coffees that are sun-dried. So there must be something to that process that I really enjoy. Yeah, that natural fermentation that yeah. happens that again impacts those compounds that produce a taste that you really like. Yeah. And for some other people, they may not they like, like it. it. And that's what's so interesting too about tasting flavors. Not anybody is right or wrong. Yeah. Uh, the very last thing that you can do is you can reference the SCA flavor wheel. Mm, I feel like I should have had this earlier when I was trying to figure out my my tasting notes. It's so helpful. You've seen it before. And, and for somebody who maybe has never seen it before and they go to Google it right now, um, it is this beautiful rainbow of colors and there are larger chunks in the center. They give you the ability to say this tastes sweet mm -hmm. or this tastes uh, floral, uh, this tastes fruity. And then you go from there, you expand out into these littler chunks and descriptions that help you put language to what you taste in your coffee. Um, SEA Flavor Wheel is just one of many resources out there. and Because as I say, uh, I, we've looked at this wheel before together, and not every flavor on the planet is on the wheel. I, mean, no. I guess maybe prominent ones are um, things that people readily recognize, but there are certainly other flavors out there. Absolutely. And, and there are advocates out there right now in other 
countries in the world that are actually petitioning to get some changes made to the flavor wheel. Revision. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you think about countries um, that are more Eastern and maybe they enjoy a fruit like durian that can produce this dryness in your mouth that is actually pleasant to the tongue, but it's so foreign to our Western like taste buds, but they like it. And what's interesting is some of the flavors that are on there, maybe even more earthy flavors, are listed in the bottom category of the SCA wheel. And so there's this petition that there are thing, there are flavors um, and qualities that, although they may not be our preference, doesn't mean it's a poor experience for everybody. I remember, short story, I was in my first year of college and we went on this trip, maybe to Alabama, to support one of our friends who was running cross country. We came across this tree and it had this fruit that looked so unique to us and we didn't know what it was. Uh, To make a long story short, we we picked this fruit. It was not ready to be plucked or eaten. And we opened it up, took took a bite out of it. And all that happened was Everything in my mouth, all the saliva escaped from my mouth, and I felt like I was choking. Crazy. What? But there's there's this dry sensation. I'm still trying from to get a durian my, fruit. I'm still trying to get my brain wrapped around the fact that you went up to a random tree <laughs> and just said, Oh, there's fruit on this. Let we me try. We were it. at a park area where people were running and we thought, ah, oh, it's fruit on a tree. <laughs> Who's gonna have poisonous fruit in the on a tree in the park? We didn't. We didn't think about it. Oh my it. goodness! Um, yeah, no. It was. It. I. I. It. That was one of the very few moments where I did see my life flash before my eyes. <laughs> because you felt the saliva coming out of your mouth, and you thought, "I'm just going to shrivel up and die." Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. That's. That's what happened. You just got and, salted on a snail. Yeah. Uh, is that a phrase? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know. It is now. Yeah. It is. Uh, salted on a snail uh, is what happened to me when I ate that fruit off the tree. Um, but yeah, when you when you have experiences with something that you maybe never tasted before, it can give you vocabulary that will help you describe what you might taste in a cup of coffee. Time out. It's salt on a slug, isn't it? Salt on a slug. That sounds right. It would right. be salt on a snail. Salted on a slug. You got salted salt on a slug. I don't even think it'd be salted. You know what? You felt like your mouth was really dry and you were going to shrivel up and die. Okay. Continue. There you go. I just had to, I just, I couldn't let that ride. (laughs) We have to circle back to what that is, but yeah, no, no, no. That that really is what happened. (laughs) Okay. Um, So challenge, I I, I want you to bring a durian fruit flavor note (laughs) to the segment. Let's do it. I want some durian fruit. I'll find, I'll find a coffee bag with durian as a flavor note. Or a roaster. If you're a roaster and you can send it in, you have something with durian flavor notes, please. Want to taste it. Which sends us right into what we'll be talking about right after the break, which is how to decode those flavor notes on the back. All right. So we just talked about tips for tasting notes. How do we actually, let's get back to the bag. How do we decipher the notes that are specifically on the bag? So when you're taking a look at the bag, oftentimes what you see in the flavor notes are in a strategic sequence. Okay. So there's some intentionality to what they're trying to help you understand with what you're tasting 
in the experience linearly. And, and I'll be honest, when you told me this, it blew my mind because it like changes the way that I try to taste because before I would, I would think that they're all like stacked on top of each other. And I'm like, how do I know what a, what a chamomile clove rose tastes like? Right. But it's not like that. No, it's, and sometimes maybe it is. They say we can taste all of this within the coffee when we really search for it. But because these people are cupping coffees, they have this experience, this timed experience of coffee in every single stage of its experience with the water, you have the very initial aroma or fragrance or that first distinguishable flavor. And then in the center, you have the true character of the coffee, mm-hmm. what you naturally taste when you drink it. And then at the end, you have the finish or the aftertaste. Okay. And, and that's what you see in the coffee, even like what we had today. Mm-hmm. As our coffee has cooled during filming this episode, you said, I think I can actually yeah. taste the green tea on the back end. And that is often how they're listing these flavor notes. It's, it's an order of experience. And it's difficult to taste it when it's like piping hot, right? I mean, people are like, oh, my coffee really hot. But when we're talking about specialty coffee and tasting the individual notes, if you do it really hot, it's probably not going to work out well for you. Yeah, right? if you're not ready for the heat, you're you're not going to taste much more than your body being shocked by the fact that your coffee is so hot. Okay. Um, so you do wait for it maybe to cool down a little bit, but the heat is a part of the experience. I mean, I like a hot coffee. Well, and, and from what I understand, people are um, brewers, people who are brewing coffee will try to hide poor quality coffee by serving it hot. And yeah. like by the time it cools off and be like, oh, this tastes terrible. Well, it's because they're, they're using heat to mask the poor quality of the coffee, right? That's right. And, and unlike that, with specialty coffee, it's almost like you get more flavor as it cools down. And, and it's really interesting too, and we'll probably go into a whole episode about water, water quality, water temperature, because oftentimes in specialty coffee, they're shooting for 195 to 205 degrees. That's because any higher can hurt the flavor okay. that you experience from the coffee. And any lower won't extract it, like all of the flavor in the way that you want it to. Okay. So today our coffee was at 202 degrees. Oh, that's right, right, super right in the specific. sweet spot. I like that. Yeah. Now, I've also seen it's notes. a palindrome. That's what, why I did what it. What is 202? Oh. I mean, maybe palindromes are only for words, but <laughs> I'll, I'll let you also, have real it. quick, is it palindrome or palindrome? Drone. With an M? Yeah. Wow. Did you say drone? Yeah, I did. Oh, man. It's a palindrome. Yeah. Put an asterisk on that. <laughs> yeah, an asterisk. Yes, isk. Well, oh, okay. I have another question, though. Okay. I have another question. Because we've been talking a lot about different, um, on the bag itself now, this is where yeah. we're at. Uh, we've talked about different fruits or flowers or just whatever notes that are really objects but there's also other notes that I've seen that are more descriptors. Um, I don't even know how to say it. I think we've talked about like, um, we're going to say creamy. Right. Like, but I don't think the meaning like cream, it's more of like how cream feels in your mouth. Yeah, that, that, that's mouthfeel. Okay. Um, and and it's sometimes it's referenced as the body of the coffee. Okay. It's how it, it's how it physically feels. It's how you experience it when the liquid sits on your tongue. And give me an example because I have a difficult time. You've talked about body of the coffee so much and I don't I don't know how to interpret that. 
Well, think about the difference between the way that maybe maple syrup would feel okay. on your tongue. Not feel, not taste. Feel. Okay. Versus just drinking water. Okay. So th- right? thicker. There's a little um, bit more of a, a ta- to be tacky or sticky. Yeah. Or even if you just took straight up half and half, which nobody just drinks half and half. Maybe let's say a whole milk. Listen, right? listen. Don't tell me you just drink half and half out of the container, David. No, I I have been desperate enough for a bowl of cereal. Okay, that you went with half and half? I did, and let me tell you, um, it's a strong flavor. It It's odd, it's too. A little, it's a little much. Yeah, it's it's definitely... <laughs> now, no, I feel hold, like, hold on, no, that leads to another question, because I'm pretty sure I did this, because I always do it. Do you drink the milk in the bowl when you're done eating the cereal? Oh, do I drink it? You finish by drinking the milk after you've eaten all the Every solids. time. Bless you. You don't. I do. No, oh, I do. yes. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You really do. I've actually said that um, I, I feel like somebody out there at um, like a major cereal manufacturer is missing an opportunity. I think that they should sell cereal flavored milk, pre-flavored. It's got to be out there. Dude, would you not just grab it's like- 2021. Would you not grab like a, a, a pint of cinnamon toast cinnamon crunch toast milk? Cinnamon toast crunch milk. Dude. There has to be something like that cinnamon milk. Well, I mean, we, we do like strawberry eat. milk and chocolate milk. We need, please. I'm a firm believer that if you don't want to drink the milk after your cereal, it's not good enough cereal. Right? If you don't want the milk afterwards- was it really was it that good it? of a cereal experience? I, I don't. I think it's it's definitely it's the finish of the cereal experience. Much like oh, I just spit all over <laughs> you. Much, much like the body of exactly uh, of the coffee is sometimes listed. And now, would that be a finishing quality typically? Yes, it would. Okay. Yes, because it's not the very first thing that you're searching for when it comes to flavor. Okay, um, but it is part of the experience. Anything else on the bag we should be looking for? Well, we'll get there because I think another piece of information that's really important when you're deciphering what you see on the bag, there might be more information on the bag and that lends to what this discussion is about, but there's also further research you can do. And that's my second tip is go and do your research. Um, On the bag of coffee we had, for, for example, today, there's more detail on this coffee about, um, the province that the coffee is from and also the process of the coffee, okay. the varietal, um, the variety of coffee. And it's just helpful when you're looking to find out more about what influences the taste of your coffee because every coffee is very unique, very different. And oftentimes when you go and you search their website, or you go to their social media, these ro- these coffee roasters, they'll give you more detail because they're passionate about it. And that'll help you to understand that maybe when I have um, a bourbon coffee, that it's going to taste more like these flavors consistently. Okay. Um, Last tip. Finally, <laughs> finally, you're going to look out for the adjectives. All right. There will be... Words that'll help you to distinguish the experience that you're going to have. Example? Berry sweetness. Sweetness, all right. Berry sweetness. And it'll just give that direction of maybe the more generalized descriptions. Okay. Um, And so when you look for those, 
it's just going to help you to understand what you might taste in your coffee. All right. Adjectives. Looking for it. Look out for the adjectives. One big takeaway. You're not wrong. You're not wrong about what you taste. We all have unique, subjective, uh, maybe even preferences to what we taste. And our vocabulary is ever expanding. I'm glad to know that because uh, I didn't guess any of the notes on the bag today. And you'll have your chance to take more bags of coffee right now. We're one for one. Okay. Is that how you say that? It works for me. That's great. I've won one. You've won one. But there's opportunities for you. One to one. One to one. One One v one? For one. Okay, but one for one. That would only be one total. That would, yeah. Well... One, four, one. If you add them all, it's six. <laughs> I was visually seeing one, four, six. one. Oh my gosh. <sighs> well, you know. Okay, so our takeaway for this episode is you're not wrong. Explore the unknown. There's so much out there that you have the opportunity to taste in your coffee. Although it might seem obscure at first, you might find something that you specifically taste that is different to the person that's sitting next to you. And they're suggestions, right? They're just things to help guide you in discovering the uniqueness of that particular roast of coffee. Exactly. Imagine uh, the wilderness or the forest or a place that hasn't been explored yet. It's new to you, but if you bring along this guide, maybe even the suggestions of flavor notes, and then you look for yourself to see what you can discover, you'll be really pleasantly surprised. And I'll tell you, it works because, you know, once I was able to actually see the notes uh, that were presented to me on the, on the, what's in the cup, uh, I felt like I could really take them. And I think it's more than just power of suggestion. I think it really does um, help to get your mind into a a place that says, oh, okay, that, that was a good suggestion. I do taste that. So go ahead and give it a try. All right. I will. That's our show. If you disagree with anything that we've said or have some helpful tips or suggestions, maybe just maybe uh, we will air your objection, suggestion, or brilliant insight on a future episode. Just drop us a line. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. We are going to be posting to our social media. Check us out. And that's all for today. We'll catch you on the Flippity Sip. Ground to Earth is produced by David Furry, Josiah Kent, and Roy Seringo. Editing by Roy Seringo and David Gardner. Video by Roy Seringo and David Gardner. Music is by David Furry, Riley Thornton, and Josiah Kent. Thanks for getting Ground to Earth with your hosts, Josiah Kent and myself, David Furry. See you next time.